Hello and welcome to the very first ever episode of the very first ever series of The Football in Question. I'm Isaac Dodgson. Uh, I'm Jordan Granger. And I'm Ashley Adamson-Edwards. Yeah, so um, in this podcast we're basically going to talk about various uh, questions and debates going on in the world of football. Um, but firstly, we're going to have to talk about the recent results. Okay? Let's go for it. The first ever episode, by the way. Let's go for it. Mm-hmm. First ever episode. Uh, what we're going to start off with is... <laughs> we're going to start off with Burnley Arsenal. Um, now, to give, to give added information, me and Ashley are both Arsenal fans. So this will be a bit uh, stressful as a... Arsenal managed to bottle a 1-0 lead and draw 1-1 after a cataclysmic error by Granit Xhaka. Missed several absolute sitters before Pepe seemed to win a penalty, which wasn't given, despite it being a clear handball, no matter what VAR says. (laughs) Then a penalty is given when there is no handball, and then it gets taken away by VAR. And then Arsenal go on to hit the post and have a goal-mouth scramble in the last minute. You've had a man. Yeah. Not the best, um, but it, it, I've got to was, say one awful. thing. If you look here, if you look in the last week or the last two weeks of football, you've got the Kante handball against Liverpool, not given. And you, everyone's seen the photos. It's a clear handball. And then you've got the Fulham handball against Tottenham, which stopped them from scoring. And it's his hands by his side. Like, if it hit his hip, it would have still gone in. And then you've got the Pepe handball. Uh, well, no, not the Pepe, the Eric Peters handball. And the two where his hand, where the hand is in an unnatural position haven't been given because it seems that whenever, if it's a player stopping a goal being scored, defending, they're a bit more stressed at giving a pen. But if it's stopping a team from scoring their goal because, oh, it hit his elbow in build-up, they go, yep, no matter what. And it should be the same rule on both sides of the pitch. And if I recorded this on Saturday, I would be a lot more aggressive, I'm a bit more controlled now, but it is just stupid because the rules don't work. And the handball rule, they, I mean, they're now going to change it again. It's changed twice in one season. That's ridiculous. Anyway, like, that's, that's my matter. That's my words <laughs> on the matter. It, it was so stressful on Saturday um, for the Arsenal game. Uh, with the Eric Peters handball as well, Pepe goes to cross it, and I don't really see what happened when he goes to cross it. Um, but I think there's a shelf handball in there, but I think Eric Peters' arm is more of in a natural position. I'm not too sure. But the second one, when he tries to dribble round him, kind of like in the air, and tries to knock it past him, it's so blatant. It's his arm is, is out here. It, that's not natural, is it? That yeah, is no. not natural. Okay, he's, he's clearly, he's using his arm to defend it. Whether he meant to or not, that is, that's not in a good position. It, it was clearly a penalty. And Arteta put it perfectly after someone needs to explain to me what a penalty is in this league. Because I don't think anyone really knows. And as I was just touching it. Um, uh, but also, like, despite we should have had the penalty then, um, and we may well have gone on to win the game, we were horrendous at putting away chances. We had so many. Aubameyang's goal was quite nice. I mean, Pope probably should have saved it, but he did well to cut inside. It was a similar goal to his against Leeds. Um, so, yeah, I, I was happy with that goal. It kind of looks like he's returning to form a little bit. Um, he scored 14 goals this season, and in a bad season... You know that's not too that's not too rubbish. Um, 
But we had loads of other chances in the first half. Aubameyang lost his balance on one occasion. Yeah. And uh, should have put, put away. I think, uh, who lofted the pass over to him? Was it maybe Partey? Or? I yeah, think it was Partey. And it kind of, mm. and then it kind of ricocheted back to him off a Burnley defender. And yeah. We, we had a similar yeah, chance it, later on with Saka. Mm-hmm. He was unlucky. Yeah, and Saka's as well. Saka, I feel like, should have scored and it just went past the post when he combined with Aubameyang. Um, but I've got some interesting stats here. So at half time, Burnley's XG was 0.61, and their goal counted for 0.49 of that. Now, sorry if I'm getting into numbers too much, but by half time, their XG was only 0.12, and they were level with us. Um, whereas Arsenal by half time had an XG of 1.38, and a Bamyang's goal only accounting for, <laughs> I think, is 0.08 of that. So on top of our equal, no, on top of our first goal, sorry, our XG was one point three. So I mean, we we could have been two, possibly three goals up. Um, if only you could see Isaac. And we ended the game. I know, I know, it's horrible. <laughs> and because uh, I mean, we had so many chances in the second half. Sabas was it Sabas who hit the post uh, in one of the last minutes, and Pepe had so many. Pe- uh, Eric Peters did well to defend that volley. Um, but we ended the game with 2.5 xG, um, and our goal obviously uh, bringing that down. If we took our goal off, we have an xG of 2.42, and we failed to score from that. Um, so we're clearly still not good enough going forward, even though we've got out quite a strong team. You've had a shocker. Um, You've had a shocker. Let's be honest. It was awful. Uh, it was awful. From what I saw, uh, Arsenal had all the chances, dominated the game. You need to start scoring. That's that's the issue. Yeah, and I feel like our issue when we go when we play away to these sides sometimes, like Burnley, like Aston Villa, we don't actually we get a few chances, but we we are never as good as going forward as we were against uh, Burnley. We 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 don't usually make as much chances as that, and when we did, we just couldn't put it away. So um, I don't think we've got any hope. In conclusion, where are you um, finishing this year? Yeah, where do you reckon you're finishing? Oh, don't ask me that. We'll, we'll do that in a, I don't in want a to jinx episode. it. I might, I, might, I yeah. might end up saying 10th as like a depressive answer, and then I might jinx it and we'll finish 15th. You know, so <laughs> well, I'm not going to answer that. Well, not, not to talk about Arsenal too much, but isn't next season, like, is it called the European Conference League coming out or something like that? A European league that's a bit lower than the Europa League. Has anyone heard yeah, of this? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, there's cool. a third, third Yeah, one. so this is what Arsenal's going to be now. We're going to be stuck in there. We're going to be fighting to get to the Europa League every season. The National League of European and, um, Football. <laughs> yeah. you love to wait. see it. I can't wait. Um, but, um, yeah, on to the next game. Yeah, I think we should talk about United City. Um, so I thought I'd better just say I am a United fan. Um, and yesterday, United beat City uh, 2-0. Ended City's long win streak very long win streak and I was absolutely delighted I have to say um, we created chances you can expect City to dominate the game they finished the game with 65% possession overall I think that's uh, expected shots they had 23 shots 23 shots 6 on target and failed to score Um United eight shots six on target, and we scored two. Um, did you guys see the uh, Gabriel Gabriel Jesus foul? Like right at the start of the game, it was within thirty seconds of the game. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, he got way too carried away with it, didn't he? Um, there was. Uh, you're talking about for the penalty. Yeah, yeah. So many Man City players crowding around it, and for some reason, Gabriel uh, Jesus just comes in and thinks that he's the man to stop Fernandez and just goes through the back of him. It was. Yeah. It was a blatant penalty. Well, um, you're looking at it, and he's he's the one that's lost the ball. So I think he's trying to catch up to Martial and uh, win the ball back. But it goes horribly, horribly wrong. And Bruno Fernandes, he's scoring the pen. He's he's not missing. He's he's honestly not missing. Um, then Luke Shaw got uh, the next goal just after half-time, about the 50th minute. So, um, we're, United love him. goal was brilliant. Yeah, beautiful touch, I would say. Set him up perfectly and lovely finish. Just, I'm, I'm loving life. And that's that's pretty much all I have to say. It was quite surprising, to be honest. Do you do you now see uh, Dean Henderson as your first choice goalkeeper? You know, he he plays in his first Manchester derby and uh, gets a clean sheet. Do you see him ahead of De Gea? It's a tough one. Um, De Gea is a brilliant keeper, and to be honest, I um, I think that De Gea will come back and play. I think he'll he'll take Dean Henderson's spot. But Dean Henderson, for the future, for sure, probably short-term future. We don't know if David De Gea is leaving. I, I doubt it. But Dean Henderson's the future choice for me, anyway. Is he England's choice? That's the real question. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's England's choice. But we'll get onto that eventually. Yeah. We will talk about England at some point. There's an international break later this month. I'm sure we'll get on to that at that point. But so moving away from an abysmal game from my standpoint, because I really want to see to win that, um, we can move on to um, a game which also disappointed me, which is Tottenham thrashing Palace 4 1. Um, yeah. And for the second and two weekends in a row, it's Gareth Bale getting a brace. And it looks like he's suddenly hitting form and suddenly proving his massive loan wages are worth it. I Tottenham absolutely smashed Crystal Palace off the pitch. Just, I think you look at what did they win the other week or the other day? And it was quite a big scoreline as well, wasn't it? Like three, four nil to Burnley. I think it was four four nil against Burnley. Yeah. Yeah, and they've just smashed Crystal Palace off the park as well. Gareth Bale and Harry Kane both getting a brace. Harry Kane yeah. I mean there's a lot of talk about Gareth Bale because he's only kind of just popped up but Harry Kane was, was remarkable yeah. um, two goals two assists he clearly ran the show and yeah I just prayed to God that he's fit for um, fit for the Euros and I wish Son was English <laughs> oh God you do don't you like here's, there's a lot of opinions I have about England and I'd love to just kind of interject every time we mention England but I really want to hold my little controversial opinions when it comes to England back just for a while because there's just you know there's just some players under Southgate which I really don't have the best thoughts on but to move away from White Hart Lane yeah let's go to possibly the uh, one of the most shocking results of the weekend and a hilarious one from all of our standpoints which is Liverpool losing their sixth home game in a row Losing 1-0 at home to Fulham. Shocking. Thoughts. 
They haven't won at home since the 3rd of February, have they? No, not even that. Longer than that. Um, they lost to Brighton no, on the 3rd uh, of February. They haven't scored an open... They, I've got more stats on it later, but they haven't scored an, a goal from open play at Anfield, I think, uh, in 2021. Yeah, I saw the stats. I think. Um, sure. Out of all the teams in English football, they are bottom. Because Wigan uh, won at home. Against MK Don. Yeah, they're bottom on they're bottom on home. They're form. bottom on home form in all nine thousand ninety two teams. They are having a shocker. Okay, like I'm gonna rattle some stats off here because I've got some here. Okay, so they are currently eighth. That's where they sit now. They are currently eighth on forty three points. So they probably won't go down. That's enough to stay up. Fair play. <laughs> Just about. Um, after twenty eight games played. Now, at the 28 games played last season, they had 79 points. There is a 36-point difference between where they were last season and this season. To put that into context, when Leicester won the league and then flopped the season after, the points difference between both their seasons was 37 points. Just one more than the difference between Liverpool this season and last season. And Leicester's is the worst title defence in terms of uh, where you finish on the table because they went from first to twelfth. Right, that's that's a really worrying sign. I think I think the I mean I think we should talk about Lamina's goal. Um, yeah. For Fulham, it was quite nice. Very Caught good. Salah off guard, and it was a really nice strike actually. Yeah. Um, quite precise. Uh, so yeah, um, kind of stunned Liverpool a bit there. But we can't. I just don't. They don't have the team for it at the moment. We can't. Uh, let Fulham and how they played because um, they played really well um, well for what for what they had I'm looking at the stats now they didn't have much possession uh, they had the same amount of shots on target come the end of the game um, sure Liverpool are expected to dominate a game like that and the fact that they can't put away their chances they've had an absolute mess and considering um, Jota was injured uh, earlier in the season and everyone really expected from from my point of view everyone sort of expected him to come back and start scoring and help Liverpool in this sort of troubled time he's come back and he hasn't been able to perform mm-hmm. um, yeah look, just I think that moves us on uh, quite nicely into our question of the episode Touching on Liverpool, which is our Liverpool bad champions, um, and obviously we we talked about it with um, how Leicester were bad champions and where Liverpool are uh, in the table right now. Um, but uh, in my eyes, obviously they're not the worst champions ever. Obviously, there's worse. There was Chelsea after winning the league. Was it with Conte or was it with no with Mourinho? Sorry, yeah, Mourinho. yeah. Um, and uh, Leicester after winning the league with Ranieri. Obviously, Leicester, I think, is more justifiable. Yeah. Jump off. But considering last season, we were talking about um, Liverpool being one of the best Premier League teams ever. Um, I don't remember the Invincibles losing six home games in a row the season after. It's just, it's just shocking. Let's be honest. It Liverpool have had an really to, like To put it into context... On the, at this point last season, 28 games in, Liverpool only had just lost their first game of the season against Watford. Unbelievable. Like, at this point, they, they, they were going for the Invincibles and had made it over halfway. They, they had 10 games to go to do an Invincibles. 
and now you, they've just lost six on the bounce at home, which is a defending champions record. No defending champion has l lost that many games in a row at home. And it's a Liverpool record by two games, which is just not what you want. And it's you're looking at them thinking, you know, they've just t waste, waited 30 years to win a title, and when's, when's the next one going to come? Well, you, you look back at last season, Anfield, no one could beat them. How long did they go? Was it just over a year without being beaten at Anfield? I think it's longer. longer. It's longer than that. Longer. It's much longer. Two and a half years. It's ever since like they that. signed Salah, pretty much. Crazy. I think there was a stat that Mane hadn't lost a game at home since he signed, or so, something like that. Well, I, I thought it was shortened. The, the last time, the last time they lost was I remember it was at it was at home to Palace, and Benteke scored twice. Yeah. And. Well, that must be a long fucking time ago. Mm -hmm. But basically, yeah. they nearly made it to four years without losing at home in the league. They nearly made four years, and now, and it's weird because they've got they've got such a great home record. For it to go from, like teams thinking, how the hell are we going to win? To oh, six in a row. It's just worrying because it just a lot of people would point fingers at the defensive issues, and I know I'll admit before everyone else. You've got to admit the fact that Van Dyke is one of the best defenders in the world. Losing him is obviously going to make a difference. Yeah. But I'm sorry, but when you just win the league, I don't care if it's COVID or not, you've just won the league. You've got finances. You are a club which is attractive for anyone to come to. And you're not bringing in reinforcements. When you've played the same squad for three years, something's going to happen. You've barely had that many injuries it was obvious something would happen eventually and they failed to build on their squad because you you look at Ferguson Ferguson won 13 league titles 13 Premier Leagues and he won it three years in a row which is immense and how did he do that because he kept rebuilding he didn't stick with the same squad he built it he had God knows how many squads with different players and constantly rechanging, constantly improving. Because if you settle after winning the league title, you're letting everyone catch up. Yeah, uh, I think we should look at their injuries though. They have had a lot of injuries. Their back line against Fulham was uh, Robertson, Reese Williams, Nathaniel Phillips, and Nico Williams. It's in comparison to what their probably strongest is would we say Robertson, Van Dyke, Gomez and Trent yeah definitely big difference big difference and they're, they're most of them are inexperienced they've got inexperienced players in their back line and you can't expect them not to well well, you can't expect them to come out and completely perform um, especially when they're used to having the likes of Van Dyke in their defence, who is just unreal. Um, I think, uh, yeah, when you look at their lineup against Fulham, you almost can't. It can't, doesn't really surprise you that they lost because of how inexperienced their defence was. And although the midfield is is packed with experience, was uh, Milner, Wijnaldum, and Naby Keita, you like that doesn't really scream confidence, does it? Milner was and probably is still a good player. Probably, I mean, he's not going to cut every weekend now. Wijnaldum is still quite a good player. Um, probably going to go to Barcelona in the summer. Definitely. But Naby Keita hasn't had to hasn't had too many minutes under his belt, um, even though he's one of Liverpool's most expensive signings ever. 
and yet you, you, you look at the lineup and it just doesn't scream confidence really uh, I had a look at their bench they've got Trent on the bench they've got Fabinho on the bench they've got Thiago they've got Oxlade-Chamberlain they've got Mane they've got Origi all these players probably could have made a difference against Fulham I would have I definitely would have thought um, Trent, Fabinho and Mane the players they bought off the bench but bringing those players off the bench their quality they fit right into their team and probably would help against Fulham am, am I missing like a knock or something because obviously they came on but if they're if they picked up a I knock think, I think Fabinho's had a few um, few injury problems this season already but he is a top player and you uh, uh, yeah I might be missing with you I might be missing uh, an injury or a doubt with Fabinho but surely he should be starting yeah against Fulham when they need the points he should be um, but I think a lot of point, uh, a lot of fingers can be uh, uh, pointed at their defence for being so poor and being so experienced. But considering how deadly their attack was last season, you kind of got to look at it and think like what's going on. Especially when they have they have reinforced it with Diego Jota, who was so good at the start of the year. Um, they've gone now Anfield, and I know we've already talked about some stats, but to put it into a bit more perspective, they've gone over uh, eleven and a, uh, over eleven hours of football without scoring on a goal from open play. Anfield, um, and yeah, it, you know, it it doesn't it, it just looks um, not deadly at all really. Uh, Firmino wasn't playing in this game, uh, however, um, he's not really an out and out striker who's going to get them goals when they need it now. I mean, yeah, he's good for the system, but six goals in thirty seven appearances, you know, I mean, if it was an Arsenal striker, everyone would be was screaming for him to be sold. Yeah, uh, he's and, a defensive striker. We we've already established that. Look, Jordan, we don't want to become football Twitter, okay? Let's do, yeah, let's get away course. from stuff like that. We're better than that, you know? Like, but, I mean, I've never been the biggest fan of Firmino, to be honest, to, to kind of agree with Jordan. I've never been his biggest fan. I've always kind of thought, I want my striker to put the ball in the, to put the, ball in the onion bag. That's what he's there for, you know? Get it yeah. in the net. That's all you need to do. Well... I mean, nowadays you want them to pass a bit more, you want them to get involved in play, but if they bag me 20, 20 a season, I don't care how they do it. Whereas Firmino is all this, you know, oh, he opens up space, he allows Mane and Salah. He's up front, okay? He's got to, if he's up front and he's not scoring 15, or, or, or like at least in the league, I'm like, well, he should be, because he's getting chances, but... I don't want to say that because that's unrelated. That's just my personal opinion on a player who I really have never fancied. But Klopp, when he managed Dortmund, it fell off dramatically. When you think he won the league and he got them to a Champions League final, the season it fell off was just uncharacteristic of that Dortmund side. Or as he liked to describe it, you know, like that um, heavy metal football. You just... I mean, the way they just fell down the table is you could say very similar to the way that it's happening now it's just such a weird opposite to the way they've been playing and with Dortmund it was seen as just this fatigue because the way he gets his players to play with a similar style year after year after year at one point players will crack because they can't be running at full tilt you know 90 minutes every game for three seasons in a row without suddenly it get catching up to them and I feel like that's what's happened I feel like Klopp works as a manager, he's a successful manager, but it's not sustainable at any one club for a certain period. And eventually, it's catching up to him, and I think it's caught up to him now. 
And if we're going to maybe question whether Klopp should be there, that could sit us nicely onto our next topic, which relates us to the managerial expertise of Steven Gerrard as Rangers managed to win the Scottish Premiership on the weekend after Celtic drew 0-0, which means that Celtic will have to give the guard of honour they won't. To Rangers. Like, they will not give the guard. Yeah, I think so. They're definitely not going to give the guard of honour to Rangers. They've got to they're, do it. They're either we gave the guard of honour to Man United. No. We gave the guard of honour to Man United to. with Van Persie. It's different. It's different. Should... It's different. It's not going to happen. It's It's definitely oh. not going to happen. But um, Do they have to give the guard of honour? Just there, just quickly. Do they have to? I, or is it just I like mean, a sign of respect? I think they might be advised to, but will they? They definitely won't. If they'd done, they might be a bust up before the game even starts. <laughs> Honestly, the the rivalry between those two clubs is so massive. There is no way that a guard of honour is going to be given to Rangers from Celtic. It's just not going to happen. Um, I just wanted to have a look because um, Steven Gerrard this season has managed to go unbeaten in all competitions. How crazy is that? Just unbelievable. It is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, I guess you're. We're talking about uh, Liverpool before. Will he come in in the near future? That is the question. But and I think I've always been impressed with Gerard. I don't watch Scottish football religiously. I don't look at it every weekend. But from what I've seen of Gerard and what I've heard of him, and you know. He's certainly got Rangers playing because when you think about it, what happened to them with the financial difficulties, going down the league, coming back up. When they were back up, they were failing to really get the right man in who would get them that one step to compete with, with Celtic. And it seemed like Celtic, it was odd because even with Rodgers, who is a really good manager and is doing well with Leicester, they just failed in Europe constantly. Constantly, like... And that's carried on ever since he left. Like, you know, that loss to, what was it? I don't even know how to pronounce it. Was it Clue in the qualifiers, yeah. failing to get into the Champions League? And they've never really made it far in the Europa League either. And it's just, <clears throat> you'd think, of, considering how dominant they are in the league, they're not doing that. And then Gerrard's come in with Rangers and quickly, right, what we need to do, we need to compete with Celtic. We need to properly challenge for a title. And he's been improving year on year. And then this season, he's absolutely obliterated the league. And more than that, he's doing something which Celtic haven't managed. And you look at him in Europe. He hasn't lost in Europe this season. And you'd think, I mean, sure, it's the Europa League. A lot of people say, oh, it's the Europa League, not the Champions League. But he's come over against good sides still. And you look at their round of 32 tie. They conceded a lot, but they scored. That's a ridiculous scoreline. Yeah, I wanted it? to I talk mean, Jordan, about... Jordan, you know it. I, f- I forgot I w- it, but you're a Yeah, I wanted to talk about the Europa League. This season in the Europa League, they were drawn in Group D. They got Benfica, Stanley Age, and Lech Lech Osman. They win four, draw two, um, including some very decent games against Benfica. They get to the round of 32. They draw Antwerp, uh, who beat Tottenham in the uh, in the group stage. Let's not forget they. I think the first leg um, was what was the score? It must have been. I know the second leg. was four no the first leg was four three sorry the first leg was four three and the second leg was five two to rangers um 
I think the first leg they sort of um, they they took it as less of a challenge than it was, and that's probably why they conceded. They dominated the game. Um, they that's what they do. They come and they dominate the games, uh, and they they score goals. You look at them uh, in the league this season. They've scored what seventy odd goals. Um, I've got it here now. Seventy-seven goals scored, and only nine conceded. Well, uh, they're just—they've torn up the league, um, and you got to give give it to Gerard, really. I mean, the players have been performing. Um, you look at some of the players, and they haven't played well. Um, Murray lost in. Alfredo Morelos in Europa League looks brilliant. Um, Tavernier has, from right back, f- f- fair few goals now. Shout for England. <laughs> Shout for England, maybe. Oh, too many right maybe. backs. Too many right backs. <laughs> but Gerard has turned Rangers around, really. They And they've won the league now, so that's all that matters, really. Yeah, um... Yeah. It, with uh, with the question of him maybe you know coming to Liverpool maybe um, like maybe even I mean it would be quite erratic but maybe there's a shout for him to replace Klopp at the end of this season I don't think Liverpool should get rid of Klopp I don't think Gerrard should go to Liverpool right now either I think he should stay but the fact that he's actually brought himself into that argument is is quite big from him considering uh, he hasn't he hasn't been managing that long um, but he's got it quite good at Rangers at the moment and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, in Scotland, it's uh, kind of all about doing it more than once and keeping yeah. that kind of domination going. It is now, anyway, yeah. between Rangers and Celtic, that rivalry. Have any of them, has Celtic or Rangers been able to do the 10 in the row yet? Um, have any of them been able to do it? Or I think I think Rangers have, I'm pretty sure Rangers have done it. I'm going to look it on now. Um, but you look, at, you look at Celtic, they were going nine. They were going for 10 this season. And they've had an absolute mare. They not look the side they um, they were. Um, and apparently, according to this, uh, Rangers haven't won ten in a row. Uh, Celtic stopped Rangers ten in a row um, a couple of years back, I believe. Uh, not even a couple. Nineteen ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Um, Celtic stopped the ten in a row. Larson with a goal that uh, ruined it for them. So I'm pretty sure they haven't won ten in a row. Can Rangers win ten in a row now? Yeah, I mean obviously they're quite. A long that's way that's away an that. ask. I can't see them doing it because I can see Gerard. If, if he doesn't go this summer, he's going to go next summer. I see it. Like he's been there already a decent amount of time, and he can leave with his head held high in a year. And Rangers fans won't won't be mad at him because they'll they'll just see him as the man that brought them back. And you look at them now, and they are miles ahead of Soak in the league. If he leaves, he's leaving them in a great position for a good experienced manager to come in and uh, be like, d- right. If you were place. Gerard, um, sorry, um, sorry to interrupt, but if you were Gerard, um, when would you go? If you had the option, and if you were going to go on to a Premier League club, I don't know if it would be Liverpool, if it would be someone a bit lower than that. But if uh, you were going to go, when would you go? Well, can I quickly just mention that Rangers? Uh, well, Gerard yeah. has mentioned 
I'm pretty sure all the Rangers fans have accepted that when the time comes, Gerard will move to Liverpool. It's pretty much a guarantee. Um, and I'm pretty sure Gerard has said he would only leave Rangers for Liverpool. So, with that in, in mind, will Klopp be sacked at the end of the season? Doubt it. No. Will he be Liverpool sacked at the end of the next season? Liverpool wouldn't sack. Liverpool are probably, in my eyes, I mean, they've sacked the likes of like Hodgson and whatnot, but that those were in dark times for Liverpool. This is a man that's won you the Champions League and won you the league. They they seem like a club who would treat him in the way Arsenal treated Wenger and almost as in a respectful way wait for him to move and I think he will probably wait for his contract to run out yeah. um, and I think there's I think there's two more seasons on that or, or one more season on that and I, I, maybe after that you can see Gerard coming in and it's it just feels right it feels right I mean when um, when Arteta was having bad form around December someone mentioned Gerard in the conversation to come in and I thought oh that's I would like that because unlike you know Arteta and Lampard who very quickly got big jobs without probably proving themselves you know Gerrard's actually gone somewhere and performed his points per match at Rangers is 2.21 to put that into context Klopp's at Liverpool is 2 and Klopp's at Dortmund is 1.9 now I know he's in the Scottish League but still that show that really just proves how successful he's being at a club and you know, he's already had a bit of experience managing players and clearly he's improved them year on year. And Liverpool, I think, the way it's going this year, I mean, they should try and see what happens next year. If it's le- if it's st- just as crazy, then it stands to reason that Gerrard needs to be considered. And he is a young manager and he needs to adjust to the Premier League because it's different. But if they give him that one season... I can't. I can only see them improving. I can only see them right building back, building back towards where they were five, three years ago when he's there, because he just is showing all the signs of someone who is gonna be a top manager. Unlike how what I'd argue Lampard was. I don't think Lampard sh- showed that. Maybe this concludes the Lampard Gerrard debate for me. I, I've always thought Gerrard was better at, at midfield. Anyway, he's a better manager as well. Well, it, it's an interesting sort of debate you have to consider though I think it, it's a big factor now the money Liverpool would have to pay to get Gerrard away from Rangers I'm pretty sure Gerrard has a contract at Rangers until 2024 so yeah they're going to have to pay some big money sets Rangers up well, immensely well they're not signing that many players as of late I mean they've been kind of I, I, they've kind of been tight with signing players so they could easily just go a summer, sign one person on a free, and then just chuck all their money on Gerard. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst transfer window in my eyes, getting a good new manager. And I, I know I'd sacrifice Pepe to like buy, like spend, spend seventy mil on the wages of like Antonio Conte. Yeah. Well, I think, I think we talked about Rangers. We need to talk about Celtic, really, um, and what's happening there. They drew nil nil with Dundee United yesterday uh, as of recording um, so um, that's what dropped them the league I looked at the stats uh, Celtic 27 shots 12 on target 0 goals 68% possession they just absolutely dominated 
but couldn't put their chances away. And that's really been the story of Celtic's season. Um, a couple of weeks back, um, I think it was the last nail in the coffin for them, losing to Ross County, 1-0. Um, Jordan White with a the goal there. They um, 20 shots, 4 on target in that game, 0 goals. They've just not been able to, to score. And looking at it overall... They've scored. They've scored sixty-five goals this season, but as of recent, they've not really been putting the ball in the back of the net. I don't know what you guys make of it. Yeah, I think the draw kind of summed up their season. Really, not being able to take their chances, and when it mattered, I mean, this was the season to do it. This was the season to kind of really prove that their dynasty was worthwhile and that they were going to kind of like put a stamp on. Uh, Scotland's history and they have done because they have been remarkable over the nine years that they've done it but you know they've come up short in in the final year where they when I bet they really really wanted to I don't know so much about Celtic but I mean they've got some exciting players um uh Edouard uh the French striker I think that's how you how you say his name um looks really good been uh been rumoured to join Arsenal in a couple of years um and I think El Yunusi is was he a recent signing or has he been a um, a little while I'm not too sure yeah I'm not too sure myself to be fair okay but, um, yeah no worries but. they've got the players well they signed um, a Premier League defender Shane Duffy uh, from Brighton um, and he's had a mare this mm. season um, and not performed at all really um, you look at some of their other players uh, Karamoko Dembele is a young uh, young player that's sort of um, looking like he could come up but the Celtic the Celtic players have not performed especially in comparison to the Rangers players and that that's quite obvious by the um, by the league and the way the league is looking at the minute I think um, it's worth pointing out that um, Gerard has actually done uh, quite well he, he's done quite well at kind of transforming this Rangers score uh, into producing some really exciting players. Um, just uh, to touch on the Shane Duffy point, um, he was a Premier League defender who played a decent amount of Premier League games. Celtic signed him, and he he wasn't up to the job. And you know, I don't know about injuries or anything like that, but clearly hasn't proven to be um, the signing that they wanted him to be. But on the other hand, Rangers go and sign Connor Goldson, the former Brighton centre back, and. You know, he's now won the league. He started. Um, I don't know how many minutes he's got for Rangers season, but I mean, he started in their win on Saturday, and um, it kind of just points towards the fact that Gerard is able to transform players, um, you know, into into what he wants them to be and to winners really. Um, yeah, um, I'm. I think about the Rangers squad, sort of the way they were before Gerard came in. Um, I think the main person you've got to look at is Tavernier. Tavernier um, mm-hmm. has uh, this season uh, in the Scottish Premiership 11 goals, 9 assists in 29 games from right back um, which is outstanding but um, I just sort of wanted to um, mention uh, obviously Sunday the 21st of March Celtic Rangers that, that's the game, the game to watch really um, Rangers looking to just probably um, keep. They got to keep up their win streak. They they have to keep up their win streak, and 
um, I think there's there's a a bit of disappointment. Obviously, you got to love winning the league. Um, they couldn't have done it any other way. But if Celtic had won uh, that game against Dundee, they could have won it against Celtic, which would have been absolutely crazy. At Celtic Park. At Celtic Park. Which mm-hmm. which adds which adds much to it, you know. And thing is, the thing is for Celtic, they've now no, they know they've conceded the title to Rangers. But if you're Celtic, you know there's a little bit of pride here. Like, if you beat Rangers and you stop them doing it unbeaten, you just gain that little bit of pride. So this, even though Rangers have won the title, that game, I mean, I know for once I will tune in for this old firm because you, you really hope this Celtic side who have been lackluster might just get themselves up for this and go right if we win you know it it just kind of puts us gives us that morale to go again next year and it's reminiscent of last season's uh, Liverpool win when City played them quickly after they won the title and absolutely thrashed them at the Etihad and it was just that kind of moment where yeah we'll be here next season just you wait and you look at them now and they're, they're dominating yeah, I think it takes a lot of it off of it as well um, I think Rangers would love to, to go to Celtic I mean if they did win it at Celtic it would be that much more but um, if they go to Celtic and win um, it, w- it, it would be brilliant um, uh, for their title but if Celtic managed to do the job um, uh, j- just for example a common chant at, um, at the Emirates is we won the league at White Hart Lane and following a couple more lines that I won't mention but um, that, that, that is chanted about for years now years on and that is that was so kind of important to that title winning year as well because obviously you know we did it at Tottenham the place of all places apart from probably Highbury where we'd want to win it twice my and head th- th- that's why I think it's so important for Rangers to, to go to Celtic and prove uh, uh, and go invincible this season but prove that you know they're still up to the task and they are not taking the foot off the gas well I think it brings up a, uh, a bit of a debate that we should have um, it's always been in the question but in the Premier League we are we, are, we like to talk about the Premier League where uh, English football fans where would Rangers and Celtic finish in the Premier League because my opinion I am almost certain it's very different to you you guys' opinion so I'm guessing you guys want to start if you asked me this a few years ago let's say before Gerard gets the job at Rangers I every now and then would see this pop up on Instagram or anywhere on social media and I it would always think, pops up I'd think what are these people on about because I think it came up a few years ago when Celtic played Man City in the Champions League and I think they drew both games which is like oh you know impressive but then again they conceded like ridiculous goals to like Barcelona I think they lost like 7-0 at the new Camp and I was just thinking I know they're good but you know no side should concede 7 to anyone and I just always look to them and I'm like I don't know how you can transfer like switch from a league where you almost have no competition to a league where there is competition. Like, that's the thing the Premier League is known for. It's a very competitive league. Anyone can lose to anyone on any given day. You've always got to be playing tough. That a lot of, like Rotation is a risky game to play in the Premier League because, you know, there's teams fighting for survival. You see on the weekend of Fulham, they're now fighting for their life and that is the most dangerous side to play in the Premier League at this point in the season because they will do anything for three points and you just don't know if they're going to be if the teams from the Scottish League are going to be ready for that kind of intensity maybe the current Gerard Rangers look like the, mo- like the 
the most Premier League-esque side from the Scottish League of recent years. You look at them and you think, do you know what? They probably could. And I'd say that not because of their success in the Scottish League. I'm saying that based on their success in Europe. Because it's playing different teams of different levels and still battling through it. Which is, you know, you've just got to applaud them on that. And you just hope that, you know, I, 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 if they did... I mean, you look at the teams at the bottom of the league who struggle. I mean, you look at them and defensively, they've been... Uh, well, they haven't lost. I mean, that that's, a defen that's an amazing thing. I mean, sure, in the Premier League, I'm convinced they would lose a few in this season if they played the exact same way. But it's still... They just look like a great side, a good team. Because at the end of the day, it's not a, about individuals. If you've got a good team, a good unit which works, you can go all the way. It's reminiscent of the Leicester side. I could see them... I mean, if they went in with the kind of intensity they've had this season, potentially top 10. But if I'm talking Celtic a few years ago, maybe early Rodgers Celtic, um, when this was all getting talked about, I in my head I was thinking they almost have no competition. They wouldn't be ready for it. They'd come in and be, you know, extremely shocked because they're losing one at the Amex, you know? Then again, Brighton can't score, can't score at all. So you know. Right, where are you placing them? I, yeah. If you could, if you could give, the, let's say we take two teams out of the Premier League and we put Rangers and Celtic in. Um, who we? <laughs> we're not going to say who we take out. We're not going to say who we're taking out, but um, where are they placing? If you have to give an exact placement, would you say? Um, I'll go first. I think Rangers. Rangers and Celtic right now. Rangers and Celtic right now. Because it is a different league, I'm going to probably go under ha where I think they are, to be realistic. And I think Rangers may be highest, I think, 10th, and then 12th. Around there. Okay. Like around where Leeds are right Actually, now. Um, yeah. Well, um, Isaac was kind of... in in favour of them uh, you could say doing well in the league in the Premier League anyway uh, for their standards and I think you're going to be as well Jordan mm -hmm. um, so well I'll, I'll give where I'm gonna, I think they're going to place and then I'll kind of say why I think they'd both get relegated um, oh, that is right, that's going to cause some debate that's, that's rough and, and Rangers and uh, as well as uh, as well as Rangers have played this season and I know it is about the team and not the individual but um, on how many occasions have Premier League games been won by the individual? How many times has Salah saved Liverpool this season by producing a, a moment of magic and, and winning the game for them? Um, so when you look at... And obviously, I think in this argument, Celtic kind of have to finish below Rangers, don't they? So I'm just going to say Celtic are getting relegated. Um, okay? If they are in the, if they are in the, uh, the league now. Uh, I don't know exactly where, but they're getting relegated. Rangers... Rangers fighting for relegation. I, I'm looking at the team, and I might be completely wrong because I don't actually know too much about Scottish football. But they have got quite an exciting attack. Yeah. Um, they have got a really exciting attack. Hadji Morales and Kent. Um, but then Stephen Davis. Uh, he he's he's finishing the Premier League, isn't he? I mean, Southampton sold him. Um, he was aging. He did well, but uh. When Stephen Davis is, uh, and I don't know what his kind of position in the team is really, but he's starting in your game to win the league potentially. Yeah. Um, 
uh, he start, uh, and that's who you're taking into the Premier League, I don't think it's strong enough. I don't think their team overall, as individuals, are strong enough. And considering Brighton sold Conor Goldson, and as well as he's done for Rangers this season, considering they sold him um, to Rangers, uh, I don't know if uh, that kind of team would be up to the task in the Premier League. And I might be completely wrong, but um, I don't think they're good enough, to be honest. When They've got an exciting tack, but you could argue that so have Newcastle, and Newcastle are struggling. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that's my take. Fair play. Um, so, I'm going to be quite controversial here. And I think it's controversial um, from... I'm looking at where you guys have placed them. And I'm I'm going to judge off the Scottish Premiership and Europe. And I'm looking at it. For me, Rangers are finishing top half at least pushing for Europe that's my controversial uh, statement here I think they would push for Europe purely off the basis of the teams they have beaten in and played against in Europe not only this season but last season uh, Porto um, Braga um, all fairly decent teams that I think and I'm, I'm looking at Rangers' squad and I'm thinking they could they could pull off some results against some of the Premier League teams um, a fair few of the Premier League teams I'd say um, especially looking at it now uh, I think not many teams in the Premier League um, could beat them really convincingly at least um, as for Celtic I'm I'm really debating in my head right now because if we're going off this season they've been poor they're probably lower mid-table fighting relegation. But at the same time, I feel like, again, they could get some results against some teams, the likes of Sheffield United, the likes of... I feel like they could beat the likes of uh, Newcastle, as you mentioned. Um, so could Rangers. For me, Rangers are pushing Europe. Um, and Celtic... Uh, lower mid table. It's it's a very interesting debate to have, and I think it's quite controversial. Um, I'm sure if Rangers or Celtic fans listen to this, they would have a different say. They would, uh, anyone listening to this would probably have a different say to to us, and that's why it's such an interesting debate to have. I mean, think, the good um, thing about this debate is there's no sorry. consequences because it's ho- it's hypothetical. Like, it's not going to bite you in. It's not going to bite you in the arse. Ne- like a few years down the line, this is never going to happen. Scottish league will be Scottish league. English league will be the play. It's never. It's not going to be like Wales where you've got Swansea and Cardiff. Yeah. This is all hypothetical. This is a fun little debate. So, I'm glad we've had it. Ashley, what were you going to say? Do you think Rangers have got a better squad than Wolves? Than Wolves. Yeah, the Wolves. It's because tight. I think Wolves. Their squad is is. I I think their squad beats them, and Wolves are sitting in twelfth in the league at the moment. But I, I, you know, I what I'm what I'm saying could be completely wrong because I'm I don't know a lot about Scottish football, and you can rip into me as much so <laughs> as you want because Rangers have been playing well this season. But I don't know. I don't think. Um, I think. I don't think they do too across well. the board, um, Rangers are incredibly strong at the minute. Sure, they they need improvements and they they will get improvements but across the board attacking 
brilliant defensively, solid. F for me, I think it's fairly even between Wolves and uh, Rangers in terms of squad because Wolves do have a very strong squad. But if they came up against each other, I think Rangers would uh, would beat them. But obviously, again, that's just my opinion, right? It's it's an interesting debate to have again. Um, if you matched, well, you look um, right now the Europa League, the chances of Rangers coming up against an English side are, I would say, for, uh, fairly big. Obviously, Rangers drew Slavia Prague uh, in the next round of the Europa League. Um, you look at United got Milan. Uh, Arsenal, Olympiacos, Tottenham, Dinamo Zagreb. You would expect, I would say, you would expect them all to go through. And so, I feel like the next round we could see Rangers play an English side. Were Slavia Prague the ones that beat Leicester? Yeah, it's going to be, and that will be interesting. It'll be a tough then. game. That'll that be interesting. And they also didn't concede. Leicester failed to score against Slavia Prague. So, if Rangers mm. go through, that's a real kind of. I mean, obviously, you, you can't use that as evidence to say, oh, they're yeah. better than Leicester, but it certainly is something which it's you can mention. We'll come back to it in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think so. Um, um, I, yeah. I, I, unless someone else has anything more to say on it, um, I don't mind moving on from there. But uh, Yeah, I think we can move on. Yeah. So, okay. um, I feel like that's a debate you can't really put a conclusive answer on that. But uh, if we move on... Uh, no more big, you know, recent debates to go through. We're now going to go to how uh, our, all of our episodes are going to end. We are going to be completing our Premier League Ultimate Eleven. So at the end of each episode, we are going to discuss a position. We're going to go from goalkeeper to striker, all the way through discussing our great players throughout the Premier League from 1992 all the way to 2021. So we're going to start off with goalkeepers today. Um, uh, I'll. Do you want to start? I'll start off. Yeah. Or anyone else? You can start. You, start, you, you, you can start. start. I don't mind. Now there's a lot of big names, a lot of clear names. Um, I don't want to mention some because I know you'll mention them. Um, what I'd first like to do is mention some players who obviously I don't think will get it, but there's some players who need to be who need an honourable mention. The likes of yeah. Joe Hart, who I know currently he's an embarrassment to English football the way most fans would see him. Yeah. Ever since the Euros, the opinions on him have only got worse. You know, the way he was treated at Man City, the failed career at Torino, you know, going to Burnley and not really getting too many games, going to West Ham and failing. Now he's at Tottenham as their second choice and he's, you know, Tottenham fans don't even want him there. Um, but he still currently holds the record with uh, of most golden gloves he has four golden gloves and he is tied with pair check and you can't deny that is a very good record yeah I'm with our current goalkeeping situation now in England I would definitely take Joe Hart in our prime so I think that's a very good shout in his prime sorry I, I would take Joe Hart over the goalkeepers that we have now is Joe Hart really? your answer for out of all the goalkeepers England Joe, have now you take not, Joe Hart uh, as in England, I would take okay. Joe Hart Ooh. in his prime. In his prime, in his prime. not prime. Joe Hart now, but Joe Hart in his prime. I was... It's better than any of the goalkeepers we've got at the moment. But if you, it's fair enough. If you want to disagree, I mean, okay, that that I agree with. In in that his I agree prime, with, but for a second, yeah. I thought you meant right now. I, 
No, 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 I know it's finished now. <laughs> no, no, I don't want him returning now, but um, I think it's a good shout because he he fit. I think he, um, he'd fit well into England right now. Yeah. Fair play. Uh, is that is that your pick um, for all time Premier League? That's not mine. No. Okay. Isaac, who, who's your no, pick? No is it yours, Isaac? Mine. Um, I'm pretty sure Ashley has a similar mindset. Uh, but I won't say all the stats so he can read some off if he wants to but I'll go for um. ex-Chelsea and ex-Arsenal goalkeeper Petr Cech who obviously won Czech Football Player of the Year uh, various times he also holds the Premier League clean sheet record 33 higher than second placed David James which is you know an impressive distance then you've got he was part of the 0405 Chelsea side, which is the best defensive season of any title win. Yeah. 15 goals conceded and one loss. Unbelievable. And he's got four four Premier Leagues, one Champions League, one Europa League, three FA Cups. Oh no, no, sorry, three League Cups, five FA Cups, six Community Shields. Like that is silverware, silverware galore in English football. And you know, then um, it's just he's got the most clean sheets in this season. Which of course was in that 0405 season. He's got the most clean sheets at any one club, so that, and that is 162 at Chelsea. You know that that's so he's got the most clean sheets, the most clean sheets of the season, the most clean sheets at one club. That is three Premier League records for goalkeepers. Like if you go on the Premier League website, go on records, go on goalkeepers. His name is just there, and then you've got like two others. It is just ridiculous. Yeah, he is a clear, a clear Premier League great. He is a legend of the game. And despite, I mean, in my opinion, his, you know, ability deteriorating towards the end of his career, as I, I think in his latter years at Arsenal, it showed that, you know, he wasn't the goalkeeper was a few years back. As I, I felt he was slowing down. But still, he his presence is almost like, it puts fear into strikers. You know, when you look at what he's done over the years, like, not... It's not many times where a team wins a trophy, and usually you'd see a striker be the hero, like someone scoring a winning goal. But he is the hero for Chelsea winning that Champions League. He is an icon of the British game, and whether he wins it or not, you know, it is only out of like respect and honour that he needs to be mentioned and at least be put on the bench. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, although uh, we're going to list off some various other names and. Jordan will have his pick. I'll also go for Petr Cech. Um, obviously, the most clean sheets. Uh, obviously, you've touched on that, but the most clean sheets out of any goalkeeper ever. You know, he's proven that. Uh, he, I mean, he he's proven over a long course, a long career in the Premier League, that he's the man for the job. And um, I think that, like, he also showed that uh, after that horrific injury. Um, I don't know the year it's in now, but um, when he had to start wearing that. Uh, the, the rugby cap the um uh, I've forgotten what it's called now but um you know he's come back from that and still shown the hunger and still the quality to compete at the very best he um, just makes him more iconic uh, yeah more of a hero for Chelsea than Arsenal but even at Arsenal he was stoned t- down but at times he did see his quality I remember um a game I went to uh, it was Arsenal v Watford I don't know if you remember Isaac um where I think Troy Deeney stepped up for a penalty and Troy Deeney there's a uh, Kind of around those years had a, uh, quite a big uh, 
there is quite a lot of uh, con- controversial statements from him. He, he said we lacked Cajones uh, in the first game that we played in that um, that season, and then came to us and missed the penalty against us. Um, and Czech saved that penalty. I'm pretty sure. Um, I hope I haven't got that wrong. And Czech, I think in that moment, kept another clean sheet. I don't know if he did keep a clean sheet that game. Yeah, I think it was three nil. That was, mm. and the thing is, before that game, there was a bit of a thought that he hadn't saved a single penalty at Arsenal. Yeah. He just kept mm-hmm. screwing up, and that was a really good moment for him. And, you know, I wouldn't want to use his period at Arsenal as evidence, because, you know, towards any, at the end of your career, players will deteriorate, you will. But even at Arsenal, in his short time there, he got a golden glove. Yeah. He got that in his first I remember, season. Um, I think I remember his. I think uh, you're right in saying he he wasn't the best. Arsenal. I think it was his debut in the Premier League against West Ham, and we lost. Oh, the first I was. Oh no, I was there. <laughs> yeah, it was, was awful. Yeah, went for a free kick. Kiata hit it past him, and then his name no one's heard in a while. Mauro Zarate put it in the bottom corner wow. in the second half. Wow. Ra- right in front of me. Oh god! If it weren't for West Ham fans' chance, I'd have been crying. But I was laughing instead. So you know. Um, I think I'm a bit outnumbered here, but I think I should I should say my pick. Um, so, Czech is a very solid shout, a very solid shout. And let's be honest, it's two against one at the minute. So, um, it, he's probably going to be the man in. But I think it's worth a shout, j- just in case I can change your mind. Uh, Peter Schmeichel, he's a he's a bit. I'd say he's a bit before our time, but from what we know and what we've heard, he's what we've seen. If you've seen videos of him um, in goal, but he was outstanding. Um, 310 Premier League appearances, 128 clean sheets, um, and just to put the a little bit of icing on the cake, uh, you got one goal, three assists. Um, not many goalkeepers score goals um, I know it's only one but for a goalkeeper better than none right um, so you're also looking at five time Premier League winner um, you're looking at um, one player of the season he was awarded player of the season 1995-96 um, and he has won it all Uh Denmark Footballer of the Year three times. Uh, he's been a European champion, Premier League champion. He's won the Champions League, uh, obviously in 1998-99. Three FA Cups, one League Cup. He's done it all. He's done it all. And we're obviously we're talking mostly about the Premier League. Um, he's just overall a fantastic goalkeeper. And I think he's definitely worth a shout, especially in comparison to... Um, to Petrček, whether or not he gets gets the uh, the place in the team, I don't know because obviously you guys are together with Czech. But Peter Schmeichel is definitely a solid shout for a goalkeeping option. Yeah, I think he was massive as well. And I was about to say that because um, uh, how many years was Schmeichel at United? Fourteen. Um, was it? Was it? I think did he stay there for the whole nineties? Yeah. Uh, he was there for seven years, I believe. 1992, okay. 1993 was... to you. Uh, actually, he probably was there a bit because... longer than that because this is saying he, unless he had a year 
elsewhere if I have a look real quick but um, um, he was at Manchester United for a very long time that's for sure because I was just uh, I remember reading something uh, how Schmeichel really kind of revolutionised goalkeepers um, in that how he was kind of uh, able to when the back pass rule came in um, he was kind of he, he was kind of turned into a little bit of a threat and instead of kind of being scared of the ball um, like a, a lot of Premier League goalkeepers at the time he was he was quite good at distribution I don't know if his quality or his he was that good on the technical side of the game but you know I mean he proved it when he got he got a goal and um, if, if I quickly yeah, in, uh, it, he left yeah. at the end of the 98-99 season uh, he left United yeah. then um, but like you said he, he's a very solid shout and um, the way he has revolutionised uh, the game is second to none um, so if if he's not making the starting 11 he's definitely making the bench I have to say ok um, I'm going to just kind of sorry Isaac you gone I'm just going to say I think my opinion of Schmeichel despite the fact that I've never really seen him play obviously we were never we weren't around yeah. <laughs> during his era at Man United but I mean, you all hear it because we've all got dads who watch football, and we—I mean, I don't know—I don't know about you, but I've, when it was on TV, I flicked on Football Gold or Premier League years, and I've yeah, seen him. Of course. And he is, and he is an immense goalkeeper, and his goal scoring is a bit of—it's a—I'd it, say it's very similar to the the Rory Delap myth in that it didn't come, it didn't actually work most of the time, but it put fear in teams because <laughs> every because every last minute corner. He was there, and I'm pretty sure he scored another goal, but it was disallowed because I'm pretty sure he scored a bicycle kick. Yeah, and it wasn't given. Yeah, like, like, I I don't know about you, but I'm not seeing like. Can you imagine a goalkeeper trying that nowadays? Is there like, any keeper imagine. nowadays that probably would? Ed Edison, 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 or anyone Ben yeah. Foster. Yeah, he's just he's the cycling GK. Why can't he do a bicycle kick? <laughs> I think maybe should we go through um, a couple of names that should be kind of honourable mentions and then all we'll put our vote forward and we can decide who our sure. goalkeeper is and okay. well we've mentioned Joe so, um, Joe Hart De Gea was at, at, at one point probably the best keeper in the world yeah that performance against Arsenal was at the Emirates was insane um, the thing um, that's surprising is that De Gea's only got one golden glove and you'd imagine he, he, yeah. he would have more he's only he's only got one you would you would and um, uh, probably who should have been up there more in the debate was probably David Seaman um, yeah won uh, a lot of titles for Arsenal but two titles in the old first division mm -hmm. um, yeah. so it kind of takes off him if we're talking about the Premier League greatest thing but um, uh, I think we need Pepe Reina. Pepe Reina I think we need to give Edwin van der Sar a shout um, of course I think yeah I think this one's a bit I don't know if, how you guys are going to react to this, but uh, Courtois, I think, should be in with a shout because he is a very decent keeper and he has. Who did you say? Uh, Thibaut Courtois. Yeah, I think he, he's yeah. in the conversation. He's frustrating every time Arsenal played against him. He was so annoying. Like he, he was really good. There's plenty yeah. of names we could go for, but I think we need to come to a decision. Um, I'm assuming I'm going to know how this is going. Obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Peter Schmeichel, but I think we shouldn't vote for the person we said, and we should go for someone that the other person said. So, um, Peter Schmeichel, 
<laughs> no. Um, I think Petacek um, is probably the choice we're going to go with, right? Yeah, that's all I'll do our individual votes, but you're, you're going Peter Schmeichel. I, I think Peter Schmeichel should, should be the one we go for. Okay. All right. I mean, I can see it. It's one more Premier League titles. Yeah. But, uh, despite what I've said before, I'm going to go with Czech. Yeah. I changed my mind. Yeah. I'm going to go with Czech. <laughs> The decider. I, I'm gonna go check. Check. So check. Check starting. Michael's in goal. Now, I'd, you 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 probably won't get this, but this is really funny because um, we did a practice recording before episode one, <laughs> and we did this section already. <laughs> And I don't know how, but we came to the conclusion that Schmeichel was in goal. So we've had a how, how conversation to run differently, and somehow we've ended up I with a different goalkeeper. <laughs> you see, you see, when we uh, you, you say with the same vote, I've changed my mind. I don't know. I'm just yeah. I stuck fickle. with Czech, uh, and then you you switched last minute to give it to Schmeichel, but like, how can you give the? Because then I was like, kind of, how can you give the best Premier League goalkeeper to someone who hasn't won the most? Uh, but then. I don't know. I think Czech has kind of proven. Uh, yeah, he didn't win that one extra title, but he's kind of proven um, uh, for his longevity that um, he probably could have won that extra title if his, his team was good enough. And um, yeah, he's the most playing sheets in the uh, in the Premier League. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Czech. Well, Czech so there we there in. we have it. The first there we have it. So number one, Petr Czech, the Czech the Czech Republican okay. absolute nightmare helmet man. Is making it in between the sticks. In between we need the sticks. to get some kind of visual. Yeah. Some kind of visual. Yeah. Of our team. I'm saying um, it. I'm saying it as if I'm like <clears> at f- football daily, and we've got like some sort of animation of Petter, like you know, like for the Premier League yeah. when you walk up Super Sunday, like just going like. Here we go, boys. We, One of we us need needs to like a whiteboard or something like that. A whiteboard yeah. would work. Or subscribe to the YouTube channel. <laughs> subscribe to the YouTube. You're saying channel. that as if we're gonna. You're saying that as if we're gonna be good at graphics. I mean. Oh. What we'll I'd make like, it work. I'd like to we'll warn. The logo, I'd like to warn any viewers that, to be honest, we all are making a podcast. We're new to this. We're all students, and you know, I'd say opinions and talking about football—that's why we're here. We're not here because we can edit. Yeah. So if there is any moments where you know our voices get jumbled, just just be aware, be aware that like. We are in lockdown. We are recording this on Teams, <laughs> and we don't. And when it comes to editing, we are extremely inexperienced. And I'd probably suggest that the podcast would probably be better than on YouTube. We need time with the YouTube. We haven't got it set up yet, but once it's there, got, make sure you check it out. Yeah. Um. I don't. We don't know if we're going to link it in this episode because it may not even be there. But <laughs> certainly make sure make sure to check out our social media. We've got uh, an Instagram and a Twitter. Uh, the Twitter has the ta- has the, the account name of at TFQ Podcast. That's TFQ Podcast, and the Instagram uh, has the tag of at the Football in Question. So make sure to check them. You can DM us on either of them, or just tweet us, uh, whatever's your fancy, and give us questions because we might be able to answer them in the next episode. As yeah. well, we also have an email. At the footballing no the footballing question <laughs> at gmail.com. So if you want to contact us on any of them, give us any questions. We will be able to answer them. It could be about anything you like. It doesn't have to be about what we've talked about. You could suggest a debate which we could talk about in a future episode, or you could ask me about I don't know anything. What my favourite colour is, whatever you feel <laughs> like. But get involved. Get feel, involved. Get involved. Make sure mm-hmm. to communicate with us, and we will respond because we have nothing better to do. So. Um, <laughs> 
I feel like I feel like that's episode one done. I feel episode like one. We've come to a conclusion there. Yeah. So, in conclusion, um, Liverpool are bad champions. Gerrard's a good manager, and the Scottish League going into the Premier League, we don't really know. Yeah. Inconclusive. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, this is this has been fun. We've we've got episode one done. Um, so, I guess merch coming soon. Hope <laughs> merch uh, coming soon. Um, yeah, I guess see everyone in the next episode. I guess. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Thank you.